0: What's up guys, it's Matt Whitmore here, one half of of Food, and this is of course of Food Radio, and um, I've got an awesome guest on the show with us today um, to celebrate our 50th episode, can you believe it, we've hit that milestone that I've been going on about for so long, and to celebrate the episode, I went out there, put it out there, I thought I need an absolutely epic guest on the show, and uh, I have the amazing Keris Marsden, <laughs>
1: How are you and doing? I was like, oh, you built that up. I did, thinking, yeah. who is it? Who could it be? No, actually,
0: they were probably thinking, oh, no, I'm, I I'm like Keris. I want Keris. So they're <laughs> probably really pleasantly surprised. Uh, but, yeah, episode 50. It's Hamish. <laughs> Can you imagine? We've taught him to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That would be pretty fantastic, wouldn't it? But, yeah, episode 50. I see it as a massive milestone. I know I keep raving on about. You're like, I'm above it though.
1: It's not like most people, everyone else seems to be on, like,
0: 200, 150, We'll get there. We will. This is milestone one accomplished. Five zero. <laughs> what's what's your fiftieth wedding anniversary? What do they call that?
1: Oh, I don't know. Is it silver? I never know. I only know papers the first. Oh, it might be gold. Actually. Gold.
0: There you go. Okay. It's our golden podcast anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> we'll celebrate later. Um, but guys, huge apologies for the break between episode forty nine and this one. The kind of few things have kind of happened, should I say? Um, so we've kind of been a bit sidetracked. Um, unfortunately, Keri's awesome aunt Aunt Chrissy passed away, so it's been a pretty, pretty sad time, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it has indeed.
0: So you know, uh, you know that kind of obviously you can imagine threw us off track a little bit, and you know we have to f- privatise family at times like that, and kind of like just be there for one another, etc. It, um,
1: it does make you put everything in, in perspective for sure. Like we we both said, things that you're getting sort of overwhelmed and wound up about on a daily basis, you suddenly just stop and go, you know. Does it really does matter? Does it really matter? No. Yeah, um, yeah it, did, it did make us stop and reassess and have, have a bit of downtime, which, you know, it's hard to do because we run a business together and, and I'm sure anyone out there that runs their own business knows it's really hard at any point to step away. And
0: I think as well, we, we kind of say, don't we, that it's, it's a real shame. We almost, and we're always guilty of this, we tend to wait until something like that happens before we're like, okay, let's down tools, let's have some time off. You know, it's quite yeah. an emotional, stressful uh, time at the moment. But, you know, we're, we're kind of firm believers that we all need downtime, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're probably the biggest hypocrites in that sense of that we are pretty much always working until something happens, you know, like this, you know, which shouldn't be the case. You know, we, we, it shouldn't take something so extreme, for us to kind of appreciate what we've got, step back, have a little bit of time off, and everything that we've got.
1: Yeah, and do you know what I've? Uh, what's even more remarkable is I've got some private clients who I've been talking to about sort of major life events and things that have happened to them. Sort of, um, you know, sort of you know losing people that they loved or divorce or some really sort of you know what we consider catastrophic events. And because of how fast-paced life is, and um, and how sort of you know we're online all the time and mm-hmm. we're, we're contactable all the time and on our phones it's almost like they didn't have the headspace to to deal with what had happened to them like as in that like, they didn't deal with it so they just carried on
0: yeah just um
1: and i mean i'm talking about loss of a loved one and everything like you know it's almost like they just didn't accept it and just almost carried...
0: still like riding the adrenaline train
1: well yeah because i think because it's hard because of of with Facebook being around and then social media, we're going to talk about, a bit about this today because I think it's really important, but it's almost like their lives were so full of people that they didn't have chance to, to grieve a loss of or a divorce or, you know, accept those massive changes in their life. It's all quite, it's quite, it's just quite remarkable. And, and so for me and you, I just said, we just need to step away for a while and yeah. not be online and not be... Accept the situation and, and and grieve, as it were. But it's just amazing that you have to tell yourself to do that.
0: Yeah, it's you, quite you, hard to you, deny it. As you have it to it make a, a conscious effort to make that happen. Like, yeah, I've actually what I do now when I kind of just need a bit a bit of time to myself, a bit of peace and quiet, so or even just
1: involve the toilet.
0: No distraction. <laughs> well, the toilet is always quality me time. <laughs> Got all. <laughs> It's when I'm at my most productive It's stop the you? toilet. It's when I have my best ideas, Carries. You know, don't knock it.
1: He's, I want to say to everyone, it's he's the, not, it's he's the, not actually the, joking. You actually shouted me from inside the toilet before. I've
0: got a great idea. <laughs> Write this down. It's the, it's the thinking chair. <laughs> the,
1: thinking, <laughs> the thinking throne.
0: Thinking throne. There we go. I like that. Um, but yeah, um, I just hit airplane mode on my phone. I mean, I could just switch my phone off completely, but my watch is broke at the minute, so it tells me what the time is. <laughs> so, airplane mode, nothing comes through.
1: Well, what we, we've been noticing recently, um, and it was sort of something we wanted to talk about on our podcast, was the negative negative effects of social media and um actually a conference i went to recently the one a great speaker from america was talking about how addictive social media is and when you're everyone sat there going well we, we sort of know that but he he was actually talking about it's a serious problem because addictions are, are an issue you know whether it's coffee alcohol cigarettes it's yeah um it's changing your body Um, On a biochemical level and the way that we produce hormones and, and neurotransmitters and things that make us feel good, it's changing all of that. And social media, you would never think of Facebook as doing that. And some people are probably sat here and might think, well, I never log on. And there's definitely an age range that we're probably talking about here because older generations yeah and don't don't make the habit, but younger generations are literally like unable to go without logging on you know every single day, and what they were saying was it's creating so much dopamine in the body, which is that that neurotransmitter that you know makes yeah. us feel like it, it gives us an adrenaline buzz kids can't concentrate in class anymore you can't go from um, everything from sort of really violent and amazing and virtual computer games to all sorts of other stuff that people do online and social media and, and chatting and having banter with like millions of people to suddenly sitting in a classroom and being told to listen to the most boring information ever yeah, yeah. it's like our brains can't deal with that sort of like you know that small scale stuff anymore because we're used to these amazing hits of information and visual stimulation and I just thought god I never thought of that but poor, like the gen- like really feel for the generations because even we are having to go, you know, there's there's apps now that, what's it called, like social media switch off where it turns everything off so you can't access it and yeah, you can yeah. get on with your work for that time but what we noticed was at times when you're not feeling that great or that productive, if you log on, I mean in our industry and see like most of the news feed that I get to read each morning is just about, you know, success here and, and, and thigh gap here and, you know, and it's really sort of like, gosh, could you sort of beat myself self-esteem into the ground
0: anymore. But we we were talking about this the other day. We were saying that it's almost like you kind of get one extreme or the other on Facebook. You either get people that literally post their entire life on there. You know, their partners cheated on them. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, like you know, they've they had a massive argument with their mum, whatever it yeah. may be. To, and you're like, why the hell are you posting this? And that's when I just unfollow. I'm just like, don't, I don't need to see this. This is just a load of rubbish. Yeah. Um, but then the question is, is like, why does that person feel the need to do that? Why do they feel the need to put it out there to all these people? But then you get the other extreme where people just obviously make out that their life is utter perfection from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed. only hope that people's lives are perfect and they're happy and healthy and, <laughs> and all of that. But the truth is... I think a lot of people... Pretend. Yeah, I think there is a lot of pretend. I think there is a lot of exaggeration because let's face it, we're all human. We all have our down days. We all have days when we feel less motivated, less inspired to kind of get out there and, you know, kind of like hit that target at work or go to the gym and, you know, have an awesome workout. We always have, we we all have days like that. Most people won't post that. I woke up this morning, felt like crap. Had two coffees, still felt like crap didn't go to the gym, now I feel fat and horrible, um, I might as well just have a big rub of cake yeah. and then just see how, see how tonight you, goes. Is that you
1: speaking? Because I've heard you say and do that. <laughs> That's
0: my status for the day.
1: Yeah. um actually most days of the week.
0: But, but people don't put that, especially people in our industry, yeah. because to them it's like, well, I can't honestly put that. People look up to me. I'm, I'm in the fitness industry. I'm in the health industry. Yeah. I, I should be... Uh, I, I should be, you know, portraying an aspirational lifestyle every day, all day. You know, I can't be seen to be lacking in motivation or feeling crap or insecure yeah. or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah. And, and I read a quite cool blog about it, actually. Um, I can't remember who it was by, to be honest with you. I, mean, I read millions of blogs. <laughs> believe that, <you> believe anything. <laughs> Keris, nobody reads over there, tells me about it.
1: <laughs> you don't even read my blogs, so. <laughs> I test you sometimes and go, what was in the newsletter this week?
0: You only read mine to spell check them. (laughs) Not (laughs) because you take an interest in the blog. (laughs) Um, But, you know, this whole blog was about that. It's like, you know, don't believe everything that you see. And it is almost like portraying a bit of a a false economy, if you like. Yeah, definitely. Of of what it's like to be in the health and fitness industry. Because, you know, we are not perfect. We are far from Perfect. Uh, but then equally there is that pressure to to motivate and inspire people but then equally i think that there is inspiration to be found in knowing we're real people yeah. we're we're just like you and and everyone else we we you know we have fat days we have insecure days we have days when we doubt some of the things that we're doing but then luckily that makes up a small percentage you know most days we are bursting with energy we get out we walk the dog we go to the gym you know we work with our clients we love it it's a great day but you know like I said you know The down days are there, right? Oh, no, absolutely. Not today, though. I feel awesome.
1: (laughs) If anything, I would say sometimes even more so in this industry because lots of people in our... For example, in our Fat Loss Kickstart group, loads of people have messaged going, you've totally inspired us to go and study uh, nutrition or become a personal trainer, which we're like, it's great. It's absolutely amazing. However, do be prepared. I would say, hand on heart, this is the hardest job I've ever done in my life. Again, it was really nice to have that almost confirmed, um again another conference i was at and it was a great speaker from america who said we were talking about gene testing and he said Do you know what so difficult for you guys as nutritionists because this is all such new scientific information and you're going to have to pioneer it and you're going to have to get your head around it really quickly because it's out there in the public arena yeah. and i was just thinking it's so nice to hear somebody who is it's been in this industry longer than me just like say you know this is I think it's one of the hardest jobs I've ever done because there's stuff that I'm really passionate about for myself for my family for my clients that being healthy but then ultimately this constant pressure to 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 learn to grow to to be, you know, sort of at the forefront of all of this information and be able to interpret it for people. Mm-hmm. So you just work so hard, and then also there's this real sort of saturation, like we're talking about on social media, of the perfect body, the perfect life, the perfect. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. always coming at you on from so many levels. And you know, I've, I definitely have said to you, I'm really struggling recently and finding that I'm better person for not logging onto social media in the morning. Sometimes, like, I can't take that pressure. And as much as you know, I love this industry, I feel like it's changing. And and I would say to people that are getting into it, you know, just be conscious of the the pressure that you're going um, to, like I said, and that's on a physical level, how you look. It's on yeah. a knowledge level, what you know, and, and everything moves so quickly. I mean, even some people have said to me that they're, they're stepping out of the industry because they feel like. Everyone's an internet, you know. Because of the internet, everyone's a everyone's a nutritionist now. Yeah, Yeah, everyone's a trainer now. You know, you tell somebody something that you've tested on yourself, done with clients for years, and this could be as a personal trainer. You know, how you've deadlifted, how you got strong, how you got faster. Um, It could be as a nutritionist. You know, how you saw someone improve their skin, and they they go away, they Google it, and say, "Dr. McCullough totally disagrees with you." Yeah, <laughs> and then that—that's it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, if Doctor McCullough said it, then it's probably gospel. So you know, but then if that's what you—who you want to believe—go and read Doctor McCullough So it's just—it's—it's it's becoming so hard because information is so readily available to people. Well,
0: that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's something that was going around Facebook yesterday it was a picture of a quite a scrawny-looking guy, kind of like doing a, you know, flexing his flexing his biceps, and it said um, qual- qualified as a personal trainer two weeks ago message me for nutrition plans, eight-week transformations and, <laughs> you know, and complete lifestyle overhauls. You know, and it was kind of just saying that you know, it's, it's not as simple as getting qualified and then all of a sudden, okay, I'm an expert, you know, I can charge a lot of money and, and help transform your health, hit your body composition goals, whatever it may be. And don't get me wrong, we all start somewhere, but I think it's important that people kind of have a serious chat with themselves and think, well, I'm actually I'm building from the ground up here. And, you know, it's going to take time before I feel confident in my knowledge and my expertise and I can actually, you know, build on that to help as many people as possible. Um, rather than just you know doing a two week qualification because I mean there's it's ridiculous I mean I don't know so much here I know the, I think the personal training qualification here is six weeks. I,
1: think. I was going to say to you is that I, I get a lot of emails from companies saying they're <coughs> launching new qualifications but I know I can't even remember what I did
0: but before because I'd done the i done the intensive one and I'm pretty sure when I done mine which was a, it was like a lifetime ago now that was six weeks but that was six weeks intensive like eight thirty till five Monday to Friday.
1: But I was gonna say prior to um that, both of us when we qualified, I trained myself for um I think almost ten years and then had at least two years of personal training by several different trainers from bodybuilders to you know, people who were into endurance stuff to you who was doing a lot of sports specific stuff and, and you know, like I just feel as well there's so much more you gain so much more from experience as a as a as any as personal trainer or nutritionist and as a client when you're going to somebody and you're looking for somebody to to help you with whatever goal it is that you have like go for the experience and, and some of the people I still look to in this industry are the people who are in their 50s you know plus now because they're I still think you can never Beat that level of you know they 've worked experience, yeah basically, and I know that the internet is going to you know supersede them at some point in terms of what it can offer, and the fact that now there's various websites we can go into and put our weight height and whatever, and it'll give us a total calorie goal and a macro goal. I know that that you know this is all new singing dancing stuff that 's quite exciting, but you know like go to someone who's been transforming the lives of people for twenty thirty years. You know, and that's why I love following people like Rannock, like Brooks Cubic, like you know, who who sit back and go, let's not get carried away with all these new supplements yeah, and, yeah. and these new training fads and stuff. Let's just keep it real and keep it simple. Keep it real, man. And keep it, keep it primal in a way, <laughs> without doing without doing the funky stuff. But I, I just can say when um, the information I've been reading on gene testing, they're actually saying that because they're only just getting to grips with how the body you know, in terms of gene variation affects us, some of the things we're doing with supplements could be making people, you know, a lot worse in a way and, and a lot sicker, which again, if you've worked with people, you'll you'll see this yourself. You'll know that you give one supplement to one person and it transforms them and give it to the next person. And they go, whoa, that made me feel yeah, jittery yeah. or whatever. And it's because of that, being able to spot those sort of, being able to personalize your approach a lot more and and I'm finding I'm having to do, I mean, you know, this. I'll sometimes research one client for a day, <laughs> which you find, like, fascinating. But there's so much going on that I want to make sure I get to the bottom of before I make those recommendations. But,
0: but it's quite interesting because um, we'll talk more about the gene testing and stuff in a second. But going back to what you were saying about kind of when, you, when you're when you getting into the industry Why, you know, of course, I may sound biased here. is my girlfriend and business partner, et cetera, et cetera.
1: (laughs) I wonder what you're going to say. Life
0: partner, best friend, (laughs) rock. (laughs) (laughs) I love kind of like seeing the amount of effort that she puts in when she works with her clients because, you know, like, you know, Keris, you know, she's, she's done the personal training thing, decided it wasn't for her, took the nutrition route, um, you know, is now, you know, obviously a qualified naturopathic nutritionist or naturopathic therapist. Which do you prefer? Uh,
1: nutritionist.
0: <laughs> just nutritionist. <laughs> well, nutrition. Life coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, I mean, like, she, she, but she loves the, you know, it's, it's much more complex, isn't it? You know, you know, generally, you're not dealing with people that just say, oh, I just want to lose body fat. I just want to lose half a stone, you know, like you're dealing with people that with much more complex issues that are there, be it thyroid function, gut health, kidneys, you know, whatever it may be, um, you know, so you're kind of interpreting results left, right, and center of stool tests, saliva tests, blood tests, etc., etc. But what I love, I love the amount of effort that Keris puts in and it's amazing how it all comes down to, it's because you care what you do. You care about helping people. It's not, it goes beyond you just kind of enjoying nutrition. Same with personal training. Like I've always said that if you're getting into personal training just because you like training, you're almost going (laughs) to.
1: You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it.
0: (laughs) Because for me, I've always loved helping people. Yeah. And even when I was a fitness instructor, a.k.a. glorified cleaner, um, (laughs) you know, I would go out of my way with people that weren't even paying me with their gym programs, and I was checking in with them every six weeks, calling them, doing their programs for them, going above and beyond. But it's because I loved it. I loved training them. I loved getting the feedback that they were getting fitter and stronger, etc., etc.
1: But it's nice, I always think the... The part of personal training that appealed to me, which is why I knew I was probably better suited to um, was, was nutritional therapy. For your female clients, <laughs> which talking.
0: They were the best. The, the, the best clients were the ones that would bring you a coffee <laughs> to the session. And then the first half an hour would be a good old catch up. You do a little warm up, do a quick triple set, and then it's time to go.
1: Well, the thing was, we we ran classes, which I felt offered enough in terms of exercise because there was everything from core to hit to strength, and 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 because there was always three or four of us from the Fit London team in the class, I always felt like they got a bit of personal support, they got a bit of technique coaching, well, loads of technique coaching. So the reason I switched to nutrition from exercise was because I felt like where every time, every week I saw my clients and they would tell me about stresses, they would tell me I would spot rashes on their body, they would tell me about binges at the weekend, they would tell me about, um, you know, headaches they get when they exercise and I was a bit like, wait a minute, like, why is this happening? And it's the same for personal training, like, the bit I was really fascinated in, when someone couldn't squat properly, why can't they squat? Which bit is is overactive, underactive? Why can't they move, like, do this natural human movement that we could all do? And I used to get really fascinated and, and geeky about, oh they need to do some trigger point therapy here they need some acupuncture they need to stop doing this movement and do more of this movement yeah Um, and that was a bit that I used to love like you said because you then change someone's entire energy and performance and that was great and rewarding and it's the same for nutrition where I'm getting a lot of people come to me who say I've had this for years but the doctor gives me this cream or the doctor gives me this tablet and you know it goes away and then it comes back when I'm a bit stressed and stuff and it's a bit like Don't you not want to get to the bottom of of that? That's the thing. What what drives that? Sometimes
0: it takes someone to go, boom, well, there you go. There's the trigger right there. Yeah. you've now made that link that it was stress. And every time you get stressed, this happens. Then it's like, well, why are you getting stressed? What causes you stress? And it's the same with uh, generally nutrition. The amount of people that are like, oh, um, I get severe bloating. And I think I've noticed that it happens every time I have dairy or a bit of gluten. And it's like, okay, we're still eating that yeah but it's like well okay but you know but, but it's almost like someone needs someone to like put their hand on the shoulder and say right listen to yourself yeah <laughs> every time you eat dairy you have a flare yeah, up you, you get see. bloated or whatever and and it is and, and we're the same sometimes it's almost neat you need like a third party to go oh fyi <laughs> like, oh yeah i get it that makes perfect sense
1: but it it is sort of like that
0: I'm liking this episode. It's like a, <laughs>
1: we're not even touching the list. That we've I know got to we wrote a
0: list of all the topics that we um, we're going to cover, but uh, I think this is pretty cool. <laughs> I might listen to it <laughs> again. Number one this. on the
1: list was was your bear of, of perfect perfect lifestyles on Facebook, which we've kind of
0: gone into <laughs> which you've
1: gone into, so we could tick that one off anyway. Well,
0: but. we were saying we because we were we, we we went to the park this morning to walk Hamish. Um, awesome, awesome start to the day. Just getting outside. It wasn't too warm, but it was. It was pretty, nonetheless. Fresh air and all of that, and we we just we just chat, don't we? We just natter, um, and we were saying that. Um, to be fair, we we pretty much always talk about even nutrition, training, anything to do with fit of food.
1: Once we did future say Let, let's not talk about anything work related, and then we walked in silence for about five minutes. Didn't we? We, <laughs> we, we started didn't, laughing.
0: <laughs> uh, we we have nothing else in common. <laughs> let's just, just talk
1: about, just about that again. Food
0: and training. <laughs> Just a bit of food, It's keeping <laughs> us together, Keris. <laughs> <laughs> but we were we were saying, God, like we should actually we should like mic up before we go on a walk and record it because it, it sometimes we're always like, God, this is really just really good kind of chat. Yeah. And and uh, and stuff. often, like I said, you know, Keris is much much more knowledgeable than I am when it comes to nutrition. You know, I, I, not I, I, necessarily. Oh, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, <laughs> What I was about to
1: say was, you're, you offer a balance in that, as I said, the more I'm learning, the more I'm understanding the importance of actually doing less. Into, and, and you've always been a bit like that. You've always been a bit like, do I have to take all more. these supplements? Do I have to do all of this? You know, can't we just do the, the, the bare minimum for this? Like, can't we keep it simple? Like, and in a way, that's what a good coach is, yeah. is all about is about the simplicity and the you know like oh. doing doing less to get the best results so you you know you um, balance
0: in a way I bring something to the table
1: <laughs> usually <Yeah>. dinner <laughs> yeah. but anyway go on back um, to the and then pool. I was
0: gonna say that normally you know like my you know I've probably got a little bit of more of an edge on you on the training side of things and we,
1: I'm the stronger one of.
0: yeah doing, it's yeah <laughs> uh, but you know we, we just generally have these really cool discussions and, and we discuss <laughs> well, i don't know just, just do a peck off post it on the page yeah see how that goes down but you know normally like you'll i'll discuss like my clients with you you'll discuss your clients with me and we'll kind of help each other out and then we just kind of have a general chit chat and we just said you know let's mic up and record these because who knows people might get something out of it maybe we might do that who knows we the big subject of the our walk this morning was, was aspirational lifestyles, wasn't it?
1: What we should, one thing we should probably mention was that we were told recently by um, somebody that, we're, that not we're not an
0: aspirational <laughs> lifestyle. Thank you, please. Because <laughs> we
1: were talking about how to basically, we're quite keen that our book, in a way, goes out to more people beyond the fitness industry, and yeah. beyond the, the paleo community, because we want everyone to sort of start basically piling their plates with nutrient-dense food, and that's always been our goal, hasn't it? Like, this is how most people should eat.
0: We want to inspire people to make positive change. And
1: um, when we asked about, when you look at the most successful authors, what what do they do? And the reply was, yes, but they are aspirational lifestyles, which we we sort of said, okay, so we're not. Yeah. So, fine. But then I, I, I... I came away from it, and I was saying to you, I've just become aware of, of, of okay, looking around on social media, what's an aspirational lifestyle? And there is a, a few people who are hugely successful in our industry and a few females, and I have to say one of them when I look at her physique, it slightly terrifies me because she, I think she looks severely underweight um, and talks about all the HIIT training and a, her, nu- her nutrition and and maybe that is her physique naturally, so I, you can never judge that person, but yeah, of course. what I did was put myself in, back into my teenage' years your most insecure years, you know when you first start thinking how how should I look like what should a woman look like?" And that would have been horrendous. Not, I don't want to say horrendous, but I've just said it. Um, really difficult for me to look at that person because I would never, even now, I would never look like that yeah. person. Like <laughs> it's twice the size of her. And I said to you, do you know when I was a teenager? Do you know what where my fitness fitness leader was? Well, I, I even said it wrong. My Bo video. Ta- Taibo. Taibo. <laughs> Bo. I got a, when I knew I needed to I'd start to feel myself putting on a bit of weight. I basically got a Taibo video um, with this. Guy, I can't remember his name. Something Banks was. Yeah, it? so amazing and so like knackering. And I'd do it in the lounge and I'd, you know, and that was it, half an hour. Then I'd, I said to you, I'd run up and down the stairs 10 times and then that was it. And I didn't have anybody telling me, you know, you're aware of, of, of pressures to be slim and things like that, but I didn't have what is out there now for, for women. And I think it's really scary because but, I think it would have driven me down a very dark route.
0: But that's the interesting thing. I think you kind of you hit the nail on the head there when you just said, now know that I would could never look like that because you, as an individual, your structure, your genetics, wouldn't really allow for 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 you, for you to, to to do that and no. to, to sustain it. And I think that's the kind of issue if you like when it comes to aspirational lifestyles in that I I think we do live an aspirational lifestyle you know we're always sharing about getting outside being mindful you know training listening to your body de-stressing appreciating all the good things in life putting things into perspective you know I'd like to think that inspires people to make positive change and and whatnot in their their nutrition and their training. But the problem is
1: that the, the aspirational lifestyle is is basically beauty slimness for men yeah six packs
0: exactly so for, it's, for... it's it's a very narrow minded approach to what an amazing body and an amazing life is in a way because you're not looking at the bigger picture, and don't get me wrong like the you know you, you're talking about that girl that you know you know is hugely successful on like Instagram and whatnot, and like you said that that just that just may naturally be her fantastic she's probably incredibly healthy, loves what she does, you know and and I hope she is, like you said to many others on the one hand it can be incredibly inspirational on the other hand it could plant the seed of insecurity which obviously you know it's down to the individual that looks at that as to why they may feel that way a big focus of ours especially when you know we work with uh like you know when we we spoke about this at our last academy um and on our online plans we really try and get people to just focus purely on themselves and to understand what their kind of uh their genotype is what their body structure is. What works best for them as an individual and what is attainable. And I don't know if you remember. On a few occasions, we've had people post pictures um, in the group of like a woman. So so it's normally females. Um, and I don't I don't mean that know I'm not trying to be little in any way. You know, like us guys are, are the same. You know, in terms of physiques that we aspire to have and achieve and whatnot and a body fat percentage, if you like, that we want to achieve. I um, think I think but, men
1: are better at stepping away from it though.
0: Men are. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I, I get you. I think
1: men are like very much more accepting of their <laughs> of their gene- of their genes, and some will decide to go. Yeah, I could look better, and some are like, oh, I don't look too bad. Women never settle for, I don't look too bad. Do you know what I mean? There's always what? that like. Even sometimes, if you say you do in the in your head you 're like, "I could look way better than this, I could just try a little bit harder, I could just eat less, train more, eat better, stop having this, stop having that yeah. you know like it 's always there i think for for women whereas
0: yeah we... i can i can I can see that I mean you know we 've worked with both one to one and on our online plans because it is predominantly women that do our online plans, even though it 's not specifically for women. It is predominantly women that take part, and that's, that's that's all good. I was going to say that the amount of times that a woman has posted a picture of, like, a celebrity of sorts in a bikini at the beach, hardly any body fat on them, size, you know, size 6, size 8, in, like, UK size, what can I do? What have I got to do to look like that? Yet, of course, we've seen their before pictures. We can probably say that you probably never will. You're not really built to look like that. That that woman or girl has probably looked that way for best part of her life, even through university when they're eating crap and this, that, and the other. You know, um, you know, I've been out with girls that have got an atrocious diet yet have still maintained a size 6, size 8 figure regardless with very little training, you know, probably at the envy of most other women. But, you know, it's the same with men. Like, You know, a, a guy I used to train with, um, you know, like easily like 5% body fat, that was him all the time. You know, and we used to go to the gym, train together, do the exact same workouts, train just as hard, if anything, I was a bit stronger than him, but he always looked so much better than me. We'd be straight to the chicken and chip shop after the workout. <laughs> Yet my physique looked nothing like his. That was no reflection of my training. It yeah. was just, you know, it was it boiled down to, to to my nutrition and my 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 genetics and my genotype, et cetera. You know, and and I suppose you know, I was always a bit like, well, why why is that? That doesn't make any sense. Obviously, I was a lot younger then and less knowledgeable. Um, <laughs> but but what I'm trying to say is, I think. What we're trying to inspire people to do through Fit of Food, through our online plans, our seminars, our book, step back and just focus on yourself for a moment. And just think, right, do I have to look like that person in order to be happy? Or do I need to work out what my strengths are, focus on what I enjoy first and foremost, and what I can maintain and you know sustain long term? You know, and... And I need to just accept what is achievable for me. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have been almost swept away in, like I've said, this this sort of the craze of like how we should look and what we should be doing and how we should be achieving it online. I reckon, like I think, fitness and health is possibly like the biggest industry out there now because everyone, you know, sort of realized, okay, the way that we've been living for the last 10 years is just making us fatter and fatter and you yeah. know, not feeling that great. And so it's almost like fitness and health and nutrition is really having its moment, but then equally it's all becoming very confusing. And, and I would say that I'm increasingly seeing lots of clients come to me who have just are so overwhelmed by everything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and if anything, you know, I'm sort of like, this has actually made you sick it's made you unhealthy trying to take all these things on board and achieve all these things and put so much pressure on yourself. And I think this is, um, and this would be quite a good time to go on to one of the things that I'd been, um, reading up about and, and, um, learning about on a, a recent course was, um, was adrenal fatigue, and although adrenal fatigue became something that um, <clears throat> it had its moment where everyone thought they had adrenal fatigue and wanted, when you look at the symptoms, in fact, if you read the symptom list of adrenal fatigue, we've all got it, and in a way, we have all got it because not many people have a perfect hormone profile through the day where they don't experience quite a lot of serious amounts of stress and get sort of stimulated at the wrong times and feel low in energy at the, at the wrong times, you know, and, and their work life does not fit around our perfect circadian rhythm of, you know, like lots of cortisol in the morning and then from about three, four o'clock, winding down and stuff. So obviously
0: your adrenals, adrenal fatigue, is obviously primarily linked to stress, isn't
1: it? Yeah, well stress, yeah, definitely. Stress, but like... It's driven by a lot of lifestyle and nutrition factors. It's now being linked to, to, we can change adrenal health, uh, you know, sort of in utero. So as a fetus, if a mum's stressed, she passes on a lot of um sort of neurotransmitter signals to the baby yeah. and stuff. So, um but one thing, interesting point that was mentioned um on a recent course that I was on was that people have, um the people that get adrenal fatigue are those people that like to pile a lot of pressure on themselves, achieve a lot in life, and if anything, achieve, way beyond their sort of physiological capabilities. Right. So they push themselves too much. You can help that person by going back and saying, do you know what, you need to calm down, you need a break from training, you need to drink less coffee, you need to stop using things to stimulate you and, and wind you down like wine and everything. You can tell them all this. They they usually know it, but you can tell them and and you can take this supplement to lift you in the morning and this supplement to take you down in the evening. Um, And you can make someone feel a lot better and you can give yeah. them a better adrenal profile, a better circadian rhythm and and you can retest and they can you can see that. But ultimately what then happens is they go and kick start the cycle again. And it was so interesting because I've seen this, but you yeah. know, I was thinking, yeah, this is totally the case. People feel better and they go straight back to the HIIT training and they're, like, Oh, I feel better, I can bring coffee yeah, back in. I can Because what you fundamentally haven't changed is that little voice in their head saying, Do more, do more, achieve more, don't wind down, you know, like don't yeah. don't and And interestingly, um I spoken before about having I had some counseling sessions just because it 's something that um, I felt I needed and needed that support. One thing I talked about was oh, I feel frustrated at the moment because i don 't achieve enough in my day and then i can 't relax in the evening, so I work into the evening who's who 's taught you that you need to work really hard to earn relaxation and It was yeah. really interesting I was like i don 't know and if you go back it 's like something that I saw my dad do. And my mum do. So I saw my mum go and get a degree in, in adult life, so work really hard. I saw my dad go to work all hours and not stop until he got home and had a cup of tea, you know, at like eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, and then she was saying that you 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 get those behaviours, you learn those behaviours as a child, and then the, the, the education system sort of reinforces them, you know, and that we need to get qualified and we need to, you know, do this and do that, work really hard. And if you think about it, if, you, if you're if you a certain personality type, like a type A is the traditional type that would get adrenal fatigue, this just stays with you as a cycle. And it was really interesting because a lot of clients that I work with, I've just thought, do you know what? We need to get, get you back to mindfulness and counselling because hmm. I've got to stop you applying this amount of pressure on yourself well, like and you feeling had... guilty about relaxing. Like, where, did, where does that come from?
0: Didn't you have a client who you... Uh... You got to just pretty much stop training.
1: I do that with a lot of clients. The,
0: the, the, <laughs> the body fat just dropped off of her.
1: Yeah, no, no, I see. I see it with loads
0: of clients. And cries. it's funny because you, you tell people, "Oh, what did you do with her?" I actually got to stop training, and we adapted the nutrition slightly, and now she's full of energy, and her body fat just dropped. Just to most people, like, well, what? you got to train less. You've got to, probably got to train less, eat more, and lost weight. And it's like, please, like, how the hell is that possible?
1: Well, it's it, it's really interesting because adrenal fatigue turns into this massive cycle whereby to be able to create energy to exercise, like as in the fuel for energy in the body, like it's called ATP, yeah, or, or to be able to um, have the hormones adrenaline, which are going to allow you to run fast and sprint and jump, like we need we need B vitamins, they mm. actually are they act like enzymes or cofactors in the, in the production of those, so they actually make you able to run. So we need B vitamins and we need magnesium and we need CoQ10 and we need, you know, people think you need carbs, fat and protein, but you don't, you need the minerals and the vitamins. Now if you do this for a prolonged period of time, what do you think you're going to run out of? A rhetorical question.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you're going to run out of B vitamins, magnesium, CoQ10. So to continue training through fatigue is sort of madness, really. Um, I I get that you need the endorphins, you need the feel-good factors, mm-hmm. but what's also happening is the more you train, the more you're getting addicted to the endorphins and not actually listening to your own body's production. So where it used to be that like a walk could produce that for you, it turns into a 10K that has to produce yeah. those feel-good neurotransmitters for you. And, and so it's all like cycles of, of you're your over-relying on equally. It could be coffee, you know. So yeah. um, what I've noticed is when I'm working too hard... I will start to need to run, and I'll need coffee—not even to for energy. Want? Yeah, it's not even for energy necessarily. It's to need something to look forward to because yeah. I'm going to work my arse off today, and so there needs to be a reward for that. And that's that cycle that you—that people with you know, not many people listening here—going, that's totally me. You know, I need to have a party night at the weekend because I'm going to work my backside off, and I'm yeah. going to have to let my hair down and get smashed. You know, like you need. It's almost like you're it's, 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 you're driving this addictive behaviour, so you just get stuck in that cycle. Whereas if you remove a lot of that pressure and go back to not having to work so hard, or not overworking, or yeah. putting that much pressure on yourself, or you know setting yourself on realistic goals, then you don't need to. But well,
0: that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. we're, we're it. not we're not trying to uh, get people to sign on. You know, sign on the doll,
1: <laughs> yeah, fit the job, yeah.
0: or go part time, whatever you know. Need to. <laughs> you know, like you know, work. Work is work. We all need to work, and sometimes it's more demanding than others. But I think the key is, like you just said, smash that association of oh, I, I can't chill out and watch TV, or you know, chill out with a cup of tea and read the paper or a book or whatever until I've done this, 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 and this. Yeah. And the thing is hands up, like, we're incredibly guilty at this sometimes. You know, we write a mammoth to-do list. We don't get through it. We're still on our laptops at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And then we wonder why we can't switch off and go to sleep. And it's like, well, actually, is everything on that to-do list a must-do today? Can Is it a huge priority? Can some of it wait till tomorrow, to the end of the week? And and that's what we're kind of quite guilty of sometimes. Is, I, the only just, thing
1: I'd say is if, if you continue to do... Sorry to interrupt you... Um, If you continue to work like that, so if you're, whatever your job involves, you're normally on a laptop, on a phone, Mm -hmm. interacting with people, but not in person normally, a lot of it's done, you know, online. And if that's how your day goes, maybe, you know, even as a personal trainer, what I've noticed is if you overdo that sort of stuff, like you exhaust the brain almost by all of that interaction. When I do go and see friends or family, I can't, it's like I can't have a conversation
0: and I find myself looking. Dead.
1: No, but I find myself looking at my phone.
0: Yeah,
1: it's like that's that's how like my brain all, interacts. Autopilot. Yeah, my yeah. brain wants to interact that way. So I'll meet some really good friends, and I'm on Facebook, and i yeah. will actually check myself going, "What are you doing?" How rude. Like, yeah, it don't is rude, and and or I'll go around to see my mum, or you know, chill out, and I sit there, and I'm like, my mind's still going, you know, yeah. the work, the, the the, and it can't stop. So, yeah, basically, I think for some people, it's about going right back to having. You know like counseling basically psychotherapy and why do you, why do you why these why do you have these sort of needs and wants and um and um, rules that you put on your mm-hmm. uh, that you place on yourself and can you change them and that's that's sort of um what it's about and other people have fed back to me clients and friends that I've said this to like go and get some support. Um, how they've been forced to do mindfulness, which is amazing, yeah. with their counsellor. So the counsellor said, let's just sit here and empty your head and yeah. take you away from all of this stress and worry and stuff. And that's fantastic. And hopefully it's a practice that they can then implement. You know, We've, we've podcasted about mindfulness, but it's just...
0: It's like Paul Watson. Paul Watson is the um, awesome guy we, we had on for the mindfulness episode. Um, do check that out. I can't remember which one that is right now. But he was saying that, he you know, was
1: 45,
0: I think. Was it? I think. And he was saying how, uh, basically, you know, the times when most people are mindful is <laughs> when they're having sex, but, you know, generally people are quite mindful then because, you know, you'd like to think...
1: <laughs> You're uh,
0: Yeah, they're not thinking of anything else other than the, the situation at hand.
1: Or anyone else.
0: Yeah, you know, or <laughs> anyone else, yes. Um, and also, like... A, like adventure sports, you know things like,
1: adrenaline like yeah, you know,
0: like uh, like rock climbing or skydiving or to where you know you you have to be on the on the ball yeah because you know it could be life life threatening if you're not. But I, again, I'm just a bit like it shouldn't take that. I mean i up for having more sex. <laughs> i I need to be mindful. <laughs> yeah. i quite stressed right now. Before pull that one. Um, <laughs>
1: Guys everywhere uh, are like, this is so going to work. It's brilliant.
0: brilliant. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, you, you need to kind of be able to tap into it other ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 no pun intended. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> yeah, carry on. <laughs> um, I've
1: totally lost my train of thought now. <laughs> that
0: throw you off, did it? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we were um, just talking... Oh, no, yeah. so, so
1: we are just going back to the adrenal fatigue, and what I was saying was um, there was quite a lot of talk at the conference I was at recently where they were saying about you get hyper-confident individuals who sort of think they can take on the world.
0: Yeah.
1: And I've, often what they're doing is it's all very well and good now, but they are sort of speeding up their... Um, Journey towards inflammation and disease, and ultimately, you know, very sadly, early death. Because what they're doing is is so sort of almost, uh, it's it's quite inflammatory to the body to to you know to to force it beyond its means in that way. Um, and we all talk about um, you know sort of looking towards different populations that we want to you know like centurions who live forever. Like, what do they have in their lives that we don't have? And most of it is the antith- antithesis. I can say that word. Of how we how our day goes, because it was all about you know getting up when the sun came up, lots of long walks, physical labor, um, you know family, religion, lunches, you know eating yeah. slowly, enjoying food, locally sourced food um food was a, a ritual a social occasion as well it's, it's nothing to do with you know sort of <laughs> how much coke you they, they took in the morning or do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Or, or whether they had free form aminos before after or during exercise it's like people are sort of missing the the, the the essentials as it were and sort of skipping ahead it's about what i was saying about when when i work with clients i go back to well what the hell is causing all of this <clears throat> and often it is the way that you think and the way that you are trying to behave yeah. on a daily basis. But it was just interesting. They called it um, mm. hyper hyperconfidence. And as I said, I've just seen it with so many people with adrenal fatigue or,
0: or adrenal issues. But it's is crazy, isn't it? Because we've like, moved out of the place we were at in Stratford-upon-Avon. And we've got quite a lot of travel coming up over the summer, haven't we? Yeah. Um, you know, with regards to seminars, we're kind of here, there and everywhere over the UK. Uh, we're going to Portugal again for a month uh, in June. So we were almost like, well, there's no point renting a place when we're virtually not going to be there, you know, for a good chunk of it. So we have moved back into my, my nan's place. And obviously I've moved back into my nan's place where, you know, she's had it for years. She, she moved up to Stratford-upon-Avon. She's got a caravan as well as like a permanent home there as well. Just all these memories come flooding back from when, you know, from years and years ago when I was a kid. And even in my kind of like late teens, early 20s, life was just so much more straightforward, it seemed, than it is now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, there was, you know, I still had responsibility, of course, and I'm not trying to kind of like shy away from that, but it's almost like this was kind of like before Facebook, social media, you know, and, and the only time I'd log on to the internet was to check email, and more than not, it was just junk mail,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't get
0: anything interesting, the odd few friends might send me an email, and but you know, like it kind of just took me back to a time when there was less distraction and I could just focus on life. And that for me was working, earning an income, you know, because I love doing it, spending time with my friends and, and family, socializing and almost just don't happen as much now. You know, com- you know, meeting up with someone has been replaced by WhatsApp yeah, or yeah. Facebook. Yeah.
1: You absolutely. know, and,
0: and, and things like that. And it's whereas, you know, there 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 wasn't those things once upon a time and You'd actually pick up the phone and call someone, you know. And
1: yeah, it's funny because I um, I tried to make more of an effort to Skype friends now. So you get that there's a lot of information out there saying that we're as human beings we're designed to see have face-to-face, face-to-face interaction. Yeah. So Skype is better than texting, Facebooking, and WhatsApping. It's like if you can if you can make that time for friends. But recently, when we moved whenever you move house, you have that obligatory stop and look at loads of photos that you find. <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
1: I do it when you're loading the heavy stuff into the van, generally. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. just, curious. Just, oh, it's in
0: these
1: But there was photos of me as a teenager and, it, it, like you, I just had, like, a, a moment of reminiscing, thinking, as a teenager, I worked really hard at my A-levels, I remember that vividly, like, I really wanted to get good grades, but in between working really hard, um, I was just talking to a friend, uh, our friend Lynn, who does that media about this, and I said, you know what, growing up, I wanted I wanted to be two things when I was older... Yeah. I want to fall in love because that's what every teenage girl just dreams hmm. about most of the time and I wanted to be a club dancer and like Lynn just just obviously like wet herself at that thought but they, they were my two dreams I can't dance very well so that was never going to happen but I would spend most of my oh, revision breaks how's
0: the other one going <laughs> yeah. I'm still
1: searching <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got me. this is what I actually said to her I said I've got my first one like that was fine club dancers still oh, a yeah.
0: work in progress we but make that happen. <laughs> if, if you really want to achieve it Kerry anything is possible
1: <laughs> Life was so much simpler. And then I basically took a revision break, danced in the bedroom in front of the mirror in in my club dancing outfit and then put on some love songs and dreamed about falling in love and had a great time. But it is just like... When you think about adult life, it's like when did you last dream? You know, when did you last daydream about stuff? And it's really sad that you don't daydream anymore. Because the minute you get a second off, you go and log on to some sort of interaction that's not real human interaction. Sometimes it's nice, and I love it because I will speak to my best friend who's in America and stuff. And but it's still not the same. It's not like we FaceTime as well. So yeah, yeah. Sort of the other thing you do is FaceTime because we FaceTime because we still we don't get the same you know like lift from speaking on on Facebook and email and stuff. And you know you can write wonderful emails to people but I still think things like a written card and letter are, are yeah, so yeah. much nicer than we've really gone off track now so I can't even remember what point I was trying to say but yeah we do need if, to go go back to, to, to the inner child somewhere. in us <laughs> and all become club dancers <laughs> but there was some other stuff that um uh we were going to just do a bit of an academy course that I went to recently Um, some other useful information so just to give everyone something a bit more relevant to take away I
0: mean that's incredibly relevant well it is
1: incredibly relevant but people might be sat there going give us some science give us some juicy stuff Um, well go on
0: then
1: well do you know what I would say as much as what I'm about to tell you about the geeky stuff all are relevant if you can't if you can't address the stuff we've talked about earlier in this podcast and I more than anyone know this because I go on all these courses I test out all these supplements, I change nutritional protocols left, right and centre and I never see anything as as effective getting to the, to the root cause and, and the emotion, which is basically your sort of emotional mm-hmm. well-being and your emotional health and your approach to life and, and your goals and your dreams. And if you're so overwhelmed that you haven't even got daydreams and, you know, like you can't sit there and, and and lie in bed at night and go, Oh, it'd be lovely to do this or have this or yeah. whatever then that's that I think that's really sad and it's a real warning sign for me that you need to, needs to change. You need to scale back and find your inner child. <laughs>
0: well, uh, like, speaking of like, like emotion and stuff, uh, someone did post in our members zone, didn't they? Of, you know, the, the, you know, why is there a link between, you know, emotion and, and eating?
1: Yeah, you know, this is going to be, we'll, we will do a whole podcast We'll do a whole on
0: podcast this. on that because it is a really, really interesting subject that I think everybody suffers or has suffered from at some point. I mean, I'm a huge emotional leader, as you know. Yeah. You know, old, me, me good old friend, uh, friends Ben and Jerry, <laughs> always sends help They're me always out. Come around on a always there. <laughs> always there when I need them most.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> are terrible. You're 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 worse than any woman I've ever known. Charming, like, but you are like I actually feel it's it's quite helpful for me because when when you're triggered, I go to like we need to resolve the situation. That's
0: I'm not unresolved. Absolutely, I'm
1: in trouble. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So we're going to do a whole episode on that because that's we
1: Be will, and it's very strongly linked to everything I've talked about <clears> because um it's just all a lot of it is neurotransmitter related um actually one thing i've noticed recently is with us moving house obviously everyone talks about how stressful that can be and it certainly can and we were trying to do it in amongst um conferences events places we need to be and um you know we had family helping us i noticed i massively speeded up the rate of of which i eat a meal and my digestion has been
0: terrible trying to rush it
1: because and it's not even sometimes sometimes we The day that we moved house, we settled in, and I just ate dinner really quickly. I wasn't even even yeah. We were done. Yeah, and I wasn't even that hungry, so it wasn't even like a need type thing. It was I was just in rush mode, and I couldn't switch off. Um, And interestingly, I was uh, reading an article about putting your legs up against a wall. It's a yoga pose called legs against the wall. Um, You know, strangely, in the air. Yeah, so you lie on your back with your legs against the wall, and it immediately as
0: in like up against the wall, like almost like an L shape.
1: Yeah, not like a handstand. That would be interesting. No, no, yeah, no, no. no, like an L shape.
0: I was just trying to think that you could probably combine that with another mindfulness activity. (laughs) Kill two birds with one stone, right there. (laughs) I
1: was about to say it puts you in uh, instantly in rest and digest mode, so it switches on what's called (laughs) (laughs)
0: parasympathetic
1: nervous system. (laughs) 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 Legs against the other half. (laughs) But yeah, that's something that, that people can do before they're about to, if you're in stress mode and then you're going into eating mode and you want to try and switch, deep breathing is the most effective way. Yeah. So like they like literally stop and just spend five minutes, take about five seconds to breathe in, five seconds to breathe out and do it for sort of 10 breaths and you can switch into um, sort of a relaxed nervous system mode which will switch on all the digestive hormones, which will switch on the digestive juices like stomach acid and enzymes. And the reason the hormones are important is because they are going to feed back that you're full and that you've had enough. So if they're not ready to kick in, you're going to overeat, essentially. And if your digestive mechanisms don't kick in, then you just won't digest the food properly and you'll get bloated and gas and all sorts of stuff. So um, get your legs up against the (laughs) wall.
0: But that wasn't what I was going to talk about, I was going to talk so, about. do you want to try and so because we are approaching the hour mark. We
1: are, maybe I'll save the nuggets for the next next podcast maybe, do you think?
0: Probably, because I don't think you're squeezing me in four no, minutes. No, 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 it
1: was gene testing, fasting, all the funky
0: stuff. We're quite good at doing that, aren't we? Yeah. Actually, so there you go again, actually. We should take our own advice. We've probably written a list. Yeah. We've tried to cover too much in one episode, <laughs> knowing that we do go off on a tangent, as we always do. Yeah. And yet again, we're saying the famous sentence of, we'll cover that in the next yeah. episode.
1: But one thing to say is, the stuff that I was going to talk about, which we will talk about in the next episode, is the stuff that a lot of people will know, because it's all out there online. Some people will need clarity on it and advice on it. Okay, so,
0: so, so what are you going to be covering next episode?
1: So lots of stuff on fasting, fasting yeah. and longevity and disease prevention. Yeah. Um, some information on gene testing. Okay. Which I'm doing another course on in the summer, so I'm very excited mm-hmm. about that. But really, uh, because 23andMe is out there, which is the gene testing package that you can now buy in boots, so yeah. on the high street, and a big point that was being made was how dangerous it is in the hands of someone who doesn't understand it. And there's lots of debates around the ethics of it because obviously some gene um genetic mutations that, that might come up on your report would put you at um, would suggest you have a greater risk of cancer heart yeah. disease, diabetes, and do you want to know that now yeah um, especially
0: if you haven 't got anyone that can interpret the results to you properly
1: absolutely so there 's some great advice on on sort of how you can implement that on a on a you know and, and the the speaker was talking about actually you know he fully supported it and i I came away with sort of of a similar viewpoint but that's what we'll cover on the next one. But what I was about to say is, it is all the sort of stuff that often people will already be aware of a lot of it because it's being marketed very well. Yeah. It's being, you know, well, it, it does seem it's to out be out there and it's, it's fast and furious.
0: Hot topic right now, doesn't it? Gene tested and all of that. Everyone's kind of, I mean, and the amount of emails we get now of people that are like, oh, I want to, I want to do this test, that test. Yeah, but they, it, don't, it, they don't even know why they want to test it. They <laughs> do it.
1: Just test, test me, but the results. More often than not, will just support the principles we've spoken about, which is, yeah. you know, like go back and look at the blue zones where people live to one hundred years old, and they don't live like we do, and therefore their biochemistry is dif- different. And even if they had the mutations that <laughs> if they went and got a twenty three and Me, a lot of them would say yes, but I just quite like not not piling my day full of stuff, and yeah. I like eating with my family, and I, I like going to church and being part of a community. Yeah. You know, it's, it's ingrained in them because it's their lifestyle. Yeah a lot of the information that we've spoken about today is relevant in that anything new and funky just needs to be preceded with everything that we've talked about
0: the foundations yeah absolutely foundations. But it's
1: boring with yeah, you've got to breathe a bit more you've got to go to bed earlier you've got to stop counting your calories and your macros and stop quantifying your workouts and listen yeah. to your body
0: it's boring Uh, Right, so shall we wrap up with just a quick uh, announcement on our up-and-coming Fitter Food Academy. Uh, This is our second one. Obviously, we were in London in November, obviously where we were living at the time. um, when we decided to, due to popular demand... Our next academy is in the Midlands, Lemington Spa, to be precise. We found a nice little hotel with a cool little conference room and whatnot.
1: And we also um, wanted to go near to paleo restaurants, so we could take everyone for a bit of a paleo feast afterwards. Af-
0: afterwards, yeah. Hang out. Um, But guys, yeah, essentially the day is going to be jam-packed with knowledge. Obviously, myself and Keris are going to be speaking. Um, We've got the amazing Emma Myhill there again, who is going to be talking all things kind of gut health, digestion, etc., and just how important it is for for general health as well as body composition um, and things like that. We've got Paul Watson there, the guy we mentioned earlier. He's going to be doing a a bit on being mindful and not the kind of nerdy out there stuff, you know, just, just... taking you know taking things in your stride putting things into perspective and and just appreciating what you've got a little bit more and and just you know taking the time to be more mindful.
1: Well what I was uh, just going to say was uh, what we like about his approach is he gives you practical steps it gives you some science behind it so what what changes can you make in terms yeah. of hormones and neurotransmitters by doing these things it gives you the history of it because it's been part of many traditional cultures for years so that's really interesting how he does it which I loved because I really related to how he implemented it he's a strength coach so he's got that type a personality that you know I've been talking about yet he manages to maintain a great balance yeah and and I a lot of that's down to his experience and working with athletes and teams. He works with sports, sports teams. But what I was just going to say was the conferences, we call it um, Fat Loss and Fueling Health because that's where most of our inquiries come from. And, and the yeah. demand is for, for knowledge on that. That's a lot of people's common goal. But everything that we're going to be coaching about is is just going to support general health, yeah. um, reducing inflammation, boosting up your immune system. So it's going to be how to lead an anti-cancer, reduce heart disease risks. You know, it's, it's it will cover everything. Um, and will the bit wait. that I was I'm covering is um, hormones, but it will be related to things like stress and binge eating, and and so a lot of the stuff that we've, we've been asked about recently will be covered at the conference. Um, and one thing a lot of people keep saying is come and do this conference in Scotland or London or Bristol or and, and we would love to, but it's logistics. So it's booking venues and it's it's yeah. this one we've got like catering for and stuff and, and it's so time consuming for us. So what I would say is if, if you are interested in this, just make that journey for the day because it will be a great chance to mix with Matt and I all yeah. evening and the whole fit of food team. If, if
0: you're going to wait until we're just going to be on your doorstep, <laughs> you, you will probably never meet. Because, you know, it's, I mean, we, we've always said, you know, like you, you, we, we've travelled the country, we've travelled to other countries to kind of learn from some of the best in the business and, you know, we, we make a, a trip out of it, you know, we don't just yeah. go for the event, you know, we might book into a nice hotel or b or whatever, you know, it's and, and I know there's a lot of other people in our industry that I think share the same frustration of that people always, oh, come here, come here, come to this little town in the...
1: <laughs>
0: you know, and... I mean, and would
1: th- if, we, if we had the times and the means, like, we would, but what I was going to say is because we've got other speakers involved, logistically... Um, we can't take everybody around with us. And so what we do is try and put on the best day we possibly can with the most information and loads of science, loads of studies, loads of practical information to take away. And so we just want to say to people... You know, If you can, make that two-hour journey because the chances of us being able to travel across the UK with this and the same speakers and, and take it everywhere is, is highly unlikely. We, we, we may run one at the end of the year, but this is all time-related, time so, so if not,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, hope we, to we, see you there. We, we are willing to travel, but we, you know, we need to try and, I suppose, in a, in a location that kind of suits many. So we've kind of done London, Midlands. We are planning on venturing up to Scotland and over to Ireland as well treat yourself to a little weekend away, come, come and see us, you'll learn loads, we'll have, a, we'll have a great laugh, good bit of and it's just a good chance to meet like minded people you know, and uh, like I said, uh, it seems that the after conference dinner at the paleo restaurant is actually more fully booked than the conference itself,
1: <laughs> but, but
0: even, even so, that'd be awesome, we'll have a good old chat and a good old catch up. Um, that'd be the burger on the menu. <laughs> yeah, but the, the food there is pretty damn awesome. Uh, but yeah so check out the there's a link on the Fitter Food page um, and on our website as well fitterlondon.co.uk uh, soon to be fitofood.com. new website coming soon and it looks amazing wrap it up Yep. let's do it uh, guys thank you so much for tuning in milestone episode as I say number 50 um, and we will catch you over in episode 51 take it easy Bye. Bye.